The following podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. You're tuning in to Flawed and Fabulous. I'm Ash, and I like to think we are all flawed, but we're also fucking fabulous. Wow, three-parter family affair. We are oh, back. Shit. No, no, I need a drink now. <laughs> Bloody hell. I know, it's almost drink o'clock. We've made it. This is <laughs> the first time I've ever recorded a, a podcast that's not close to like being able to have a pina colada time. <laughs> that's what you can have yes. in a morning. <laughs> I've been away from my phone that long. I might as well just leave it on flight mode for the rest of the day. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> no, but we are back with um, part three and that is blending a family. And we are handing the reins back over to Courtney again because she has some questions the from the listeners but also some questions of our own because we don't know what people want to hear about this. I think the best place to start is how you came into this. Like what were your different parenting styles when you like sort of met each other the second time around essentially? Like when you got together, what were your different parenting styles? Eden, what kind of a parent were you? Um, I was a pretty, I'd like to say, caring. Um, cruisy. Yeah, very cruisy. Very cruisy. <laughs> sort of. Very patient. Uh, takes a lot to get me to snap. Or um, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I was probably a lot more routine um, based. Everything was in the routine. Um, I also hadn't spent a lot of time with the boys. Um, they we had nanny. Um, they went to kindy full time. Um, I worked full time. So realistically, the weekends um, was the majority of the time that I spent with them. Um, and then the, the kind of bed, bath, nighttime routine. So most of their days, I would be gone before they woke up. And then I'd be back at around 5, 5pm. 5 so they are pretty um, used to that sort of lifestyle where they were like left at home the same time every day, came home the same time every day, had dinner at the same time. So, yeah, um, uh, I'm pretty strict but fun if that makes sense. Like I have really like I have high expectations of their ages and what they should be capable of doing, which is probably sometimes Ian's like, oh, Jesus, don't be so hard on them. And I'm like, well. Sometimes the kettle's boiling, you so um yeah I we I don't want I don't want to say that I'm caring. I'm not not caring. I just don't think that would be like one of the words I would use to describe myself. Like I love my children, but I'm not like a soft-natured motherly type. I'm more like the fun mum like if they're not playing basketball. Like for example, I was playing basketball with them yesterday afternoon because apparently I don't do anything with them from Eden's perspective and I was playing basketball with them and um like they were like not throwing the ball correctly. I'm like, you, that, oh, you're the coach as well. I actually mm. did refer to myself as the coach. I was like, I will Sorry, be. Can you just pull out your basketball <laughs> resume for me? I didn't realize we had Kobe in the building. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm like, they were throwing it like under. Oh, and I'm I see. Like, if you throw the ball like that at school, it doesn't count. So let's practice right. You know. <laughs> so all of a sudden, this fun activity has now turned into training. Training, camp. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they were, by the end of it, they're throwing it, it backwards over their head in the ring. And that's when I went inside and I said, I'm a good coach. 
<laughs> and Eden has, we were sharing the roles. Eden was making dinner. Oh, look at that. So we had swapped because I usually do the dinner and Eden does the afternoon activity. Mm, I quite enjoyed it, listening, watching. I take over the children's <laughs> fun go, time. Go chat. <laughs> so how was it to sort of get around? I mean, probably for you it's a little bit different because Ash is a control freak. How was it having <laughs> someone that like you could see him parenting Easton in a way that's like you wouldn't have done? How does how do you do that? I think like the it's not really – the there's just like some like choices which given the circumstances I feel like those things just like happened because they weren't always in their home environment um and you know Eden's like caring patient nurturing personality that's definitely not something I would change I think that that's a beautiful quality for a dad um to have and um it was just more things like co-sleeping um, not like structure, things like that where I was coming from a completely different avenue. Like I never let – I don't think the boys have really ever slept in my bed maybe once, maybe twice in their whole lives. So I'm not and saying – probably weed each time they did that. <laughs> and it's not right or wrong. Like it's whatever floats your boat really. But um, for me – That I does not just, float your boat to have no, a kid in the bed. It, it does not float my boat and, you know, that they don't know, you know, what, what time it is and – because there's no structure. So, yeah, that's probably the the core difference of when we started. It's not really – we kind of like when you know people just like move in together, they make that really big um, decision and, you know, usually people don't have two homes. We've had two homes through this whole process until mm. like three weeks ago. So – or actually we still did. We had three homes at one point. You weren't yeah. staying in those homes though. You just no. owned those homes. So, but we well, always... It was a long time where we were, we were going, I was going between Eleonora and Ash's unit at Burley. Yeah. And at what point did you put the boys together? So well, you weren't staying the night, you were going back and forth at sort of thing? Is that yeah, what was happening? Oh, occasionally, yeah. We When we first started like sleeping over, there was like no like children there for that that was kind of like weekend choices um and then wasn't that well, it was great those days that was amazing <laughs> and did you just have family and friends look after the kids yeah mm. so my mum was sick early on um and by the time I had like moved into my apartment and out of like Courtney and Michael's home then the kids would sometimes go and stay there and stuff and when the nannies that I've always had the boys are very close to them I've had them for long periods of time they'd actually go and sleep over at their houses too so that was kind of how I would do my arrangements where he was very much based with friends and uh, no, sorry family he'd stay at my mum's or um my brother and, and April's house. And it was important for us to have that time alone, like yeah, because course. like having just – well, for Eden, he had two extra kids and I had an extra one. They're from the get-go that you like really basing your life around the kids and the schedule and, um, you know, keeping them in a safe environment and what's best for them. Like we couldn't be going over to each other's house for dinner on a Tuesday and staying till 9pm. Like the kids were so young at that stage, like they need to be in bed and shower. They have like kindy and school and Eastern stuff. could do it later. Yeah, Eastern. Yeah. Yeah. That was night. excuse to sleep over. So. <laughs> <laughs> so at what point do the boys sort of – Come together. Well, it was really hard because we would actually go and stay at my house Monday to Friday and then we would go and stay at Eden's house on, on the, the weekend. weekend. Yeah. So With the kids, you'd with, bring your with, child in tow. Yeah, okay. it was a bringing kid experience. <laughs> <laughs> they were coming with us. So. We'd have the random night 
part, obviously. Well, it was, if we had a birthday or something like that, like we would have the time and then you would sometimes stay at your house yeah. and I would stay at my apartment um, and then it kind of just like got more and more and because we had these properties, I ended up moving to Eden's house um, which was his family home with Jess. Um, Eleanor, and if you haven't already heard. Eleanora. Yeah. <laughs> like early <to> Eleanora. Wow. <laughs> and um, so that was a difficult transition for me. There was lots of photos around the house of, of Jess, of mm. Jess and Eden, of Jess and Easton, of Jess. Like there was lots of photos. The shared yeah, I still space hadn't packed them. the house up. Still which was, was same. which was fine. Like that was his home, and that was E's home. That's but when we made the decision to like, that was prior to you moving in. But yeah. yeah. Um, it was uh, it was something that I kind of had to address because it mm. was making me feel so. Uncom- was it something that you were like, oh, I didn't even really think about it. They were yeah. just the photos are up, or Mr. was like Cruz I'm attached to these photos. Mr. Cruz, Yavi had never even thought about it at all. And Ash is like, I can see her staring at me all the <laughs> yeah. time in these photos. <laughs> I'm like, the eyes are following me. Um, so, and I didn't have any photos. Uh, I still don't. I don't really do photos that much. Um, in case anyone. <laughs> You don't have 60 million photos of a sunset in your house somewhere? Yeah, with <laughs> quotes. Like, There's a room. Um, so, yeah, I um, don't ha- – I didn't have any photos up. Um, I had – when I left my our family home, I unpacked all the photos. Fo- I took down all the photos then and then when I removed – when I relocated into my apartment when it was finished, um, I just never put anything That was like, like a conscious up. effort? Yeah. Yeah, I was conscious that because taking them down was really hard and that's why I was also, um, you know, respectful of Eden that, um, you know, it's not easy. Like I, I want you to do it but you have to do it in your own time. But like not too long. Yeah, not too long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like because it's getting weird. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so then we tried living together at Eden's house and that just got – the boys loved it. Like the the kids, like they had a backyard, like I'd come from an apartment on the top floor. Like there was nowhere for them to like play or do anything. We were outgrowing it. Um, but it just wasn't wasn't right for me. I felt like it wasn't my home. I didn't feel comfortable. It was like triggering me to have like, you know, bad nights, emotional nights that I just, I didn't like being there. So I made the decision to um, rent a house for a little bit and we maybe had thought that we had tried to push the families together a little bit too quick. We hadn't really overcome um, some issues that we had been dealing with in therapy and, you know, I, I'm as we're getting committed, like so. If I'm like, I'm going to therapy. I'm doing it. I'm doing the work. Like getting the outcome. Da da da. Which obviously then with Eden's crazy personality, he would set out for therapy and you know, um, going through some things. And um, I guess E's timeline of his processing his mum passing away was very different to the boys. I had it was instant for the boys I had all the tough conversations there and then where we even explained before that like you know Jess was in and out of hospital you know overseas for two months like he had a concept that mummy was coming back because she had gone before and she would come back so his little brain even though maybe mum's in heaven wasn't actually locking it in that heaven isn't a place that you come home from so where I had been you know very you know, direct with the boys about, you know, what what Horn's funeral was. It was daddy's goodbye party. Um, so that they kind of never really had that. And it, when we were blending the families, it was really hard not to compare. Yeah. Mm. Like There's that's, a lot of tit for tat stuff. Yeah. And even in like good ways 
and then bad ways. The tit for tat still happens now. It's not an example. Um, So an example would be if I'm expressing how I'm feeling about Easton and me not fully connecting with him, um, how I connect with my own children, um, then it will turn into something like that Carter has done like previously and I will be like we weren't talking about Carter, we were talking about this. But the conversation, it just, even in therapy, we still play tip for tat in therapy that she's just like we can't talk about this anymore. (laughs) Like we get nowhere with it um, because. it's a natural thing. Comes yeah, naturally. Everyone becomes defensive. Yeah. Yeah. defensive. Yeah, and yeah. like they're our children. Saying that Ash doesn't do it, I do it, and then we do it back. So like, if I'm saying something about Carter or Ryder, then she won't come back with it, but I do. Yeah. Before I want to get into that more, but before mm-hmm. we move to that, I want to ask: Do did you have conversations with your individual childrens about the other one's partner passing away? How did that happen? Do you know what I mean? Like did you sit down with Easton and say let's talk about Horn? I think Easton actually dad. heard from like your parents. Like mm. it's not a conversation you had but he knew, seemed to know a lot more than my own kids knew which I Did they connect on a level because they've both lost parents? Do you yeah. Think? They have their conversations where, you know, and things that I've kind of like implemented about, you know, we look up in the sky and, you know, there's daddy, there's mummy and, you know, and then sometimes we'll just be driving along and I've got like a sunroof in my car where they'll be like open it up and then they will play like the game where okay. we're travelling at night time. So tried to keep it fairly light um and funny enough they used to have a lot of conversations with the nanny yeah she'd come back i can't think of examples but some of the stories i would say between each other to the actual nanny it was just like so full on yeah and it was sometimes like i had had this conversation with eden too that um he had been you know surrounded by a lot of distressing um you know situations where highly emotional situations where i was very firm on the fact like do not cry in front of my kids do not talk about things that have happened they're little they don't process it properly it's my job to tell them what happened in my own words later on um and obviously for me that was based on the fact that I didn't want them to have a fear of swimming pools and I wanted it to be explained to them properly so they still get to enjoy their childhood that they're just not you know connecting that with daddy and then it's not something you know we live in Queensland they go swimming every day pretty much so um where he had spent a lot of time you know with with various people crying including Jess's mum's sister my mum and I don't think my dad was crying, but no, but and yeah, then and me you, as well. But not not a lot no. with me, but still enough to know. Yeah, and Eden does find it hard to talk about Jess to um, E. Not as in um, more so he relates it into how E's feeling, and that's what he takes on, and that's why he gets mostly upset. Mm. So, at what point did you decide, as a family unit, you needed therapy? Um, I. Ash was like day one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I let it go for a while. Um, but then I could I could see that he had thinking eyes. What I, does that mean? So <laughs> I could see that he wasn't, um, in my opinion, sorry, in my opinion that he, I felt like he looked a little bit sad and I could see that he was like trying to process some things and I did do a comparison because I didn't see that in Ryder and Carter's eyes. You know, and I just thought that um, he could benefit and it wasn't directed at me. 
it was purely for himself that he there's something that he's not digesting and he had asked some questions comparing me to Jess that he asked on his own and then um, he thought that she was coming back at one point and I'm like, if you can't have these conversations, it's not my role to do that. We need help to like not fuck up their lives forever by not mm. being, you know, explaining things to them properly. Um, the initial initial therapy was, was me and you but... Yeah, because we were tit for tatting. Yeah, bad about how to deal with with the kids. Yeah, and their different personalities and different parenting. Well, the kids different personalities. Well, Reiner he has his learning difficulties, so we just he's just a cruiser. He um, is happy, loving, um, just chills. Doesn't really ruffle any feathers. Um, you can explain Carter in your words. Um, I will maniac. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a maniac, <laughs> but he's got you know he's got a loving side to him as well. Um, he's really he's full of very, life. He's full of life. He's very, um, I suppose, eccentric's not the word, he but he's pushes very, your buttons. Yeah, he does push my buttons. Okay, and he pushes my buttons. Like the but I this is the whole point. Like I've grown up with him pushing my buttons. I know how to mm. like cope with it. Personally, I don't know how to deal with him sometimes, but I just get on with it. Um, but. The difference the, when we play tit for tat, we're playing a Eastern Carter game. He okay. likes to push the boundaries as far as he can go. Um, and Eastern's so far in the boundary that you can't yeah. see the line anywhere. Yeah, okay. Eastern's the opposite. Yep. You know, he'll um, he likes he he hates to think that he's in trouble. If he thought he was in trouble, he'd be crying. Uh, he so he does everything he can to abide by the rules. But yeah, he's a, he's got a, he's a very soft little fella. He's got a very caring little little soul about him. So tell me this, like you're now going through the therapy, all those things, and then although you're not replacing anyone's parent, you are stepping more Mm -hmm. into a motherly role for Easton, a fatherly role for the kids. I would think that's fairly natural to have those sort of Mm. things where you're probably having to discipline each other's kids. Like how does that happen? Um. It hasn't happened organically. I could honestly say that for Eden it's probably been a lot easier of a transition than it has for me Um, and that's probably because I would be probably one of like the firmest people in E's life and he gets a lot of um, like uh, what like not pumping up but he gets a lot of words of affirmation. (laughs) He gets a lot of words of affirmation from grandparents and from Eden and things like that um, that he's used to being, you know, treated very special and that's fine. I don't have any issue with that. Um, I've always had two kids so I don't really have that treating anyone different Um, and when they're in trouble, they're in trouble and I have no problem in like having that conversation and doing what needs to be to be done in that regard. So um, I forgot the question. How is it sort of <laughs> stepping into that motherly role and oh, disciplining? Like, um, so do you feel like you can discipline Easton? Uh, probably not the way that I would like to but I still do like but it would be um, like a downplayed verbal way yeah <laughs> um that i so would say do. for instance carter does something wrong and he so that they leave the chair out of place <laughs> how do you talk to carter compared to how you talk to eastern well the chair out of place is obviously they're not getting too much trouble for that <laughs> but like uh if we use it for the analogy um so talk like i'm pretty much the same I would be a lot um, louder, a lot firmer, a lot more snappy. Carter might get a flick across the head 
Um, and then I would just be like, E, don't do that. Okay. Mm. Do you speak to Eden before you discipline Easton or initially did you do that? It's or? really hard because what Eden just said was true that like Easton doesn't push boundaries. Okay. He's, he's not doing like sometimes he will annoy me because I feel like he's like being annoying to Eden but Eden is so used to that that it's not a big deal to him so he just like lets it go. But if Karna can do the smallest thing it's like – the other reaction so it's just like they're so different that they can't be disciplined the same but there is still needs to be some boundaries of the discipline and what about like the opposite for you if carter is a menace do you feel like you can discipline him or do you wait yeah. for ash to do it I, I i'm pretty firm with carter but i mean i'm not like scary he's not he wouldn't i wouldn't think he'd be scared of me Definitely not. I don't um, think Carter's afraid of anyone. He's a little no. bit afraid of me if I start running at him. He's like, <laughs> he legs it after that. I'm like, yeah, you better run, boy. But, it's, you know, it's, it's the same with both kids. Like there's things that Carter does that don't annoy Ash and she doesn't even hear him or see him. And then there's things that Easton's do that, that does that I don't hear or, or, or see or act on. And so that's probably um, the hardest thing for both of us because we're like, fuck are you doing like well, <laughs> it's just been completely naughty and you're like hey well you know what and i'm the same Easton's so cut is your trigger and easton's your trigger ash mm. and yeah. Ryder's just like floating yeah. around thank doing god his own thank thing. god fucking Ryder. Yeah. <laughs> it's like and, you know he still does, has his like things to do but like that's based on like a learning difficulty it's yeah, not like he'll put like a pair of pants on or something yeah like, as like, a top <laughs> no, he might put it on back the front. Like, and think it's completely fine. Because Carter's never bloody wearing clothes. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So, you know, in that sense that, you know, Ryder has that like little frustration. So they're not things that you're getting like angry at him about because like no. it's like you, that's just what it is. Whereas um, like. He'll put his dinner in the in the toilet or something like that. <laughs> oh, he did that because he didn't want to eat it. He will like put the, if he's scraping his plate, he'll just dump the whole plate in the bin. Oh, wow. <laughs> like things like that and yeah, just okay. close and be like, done, I'm done. And I'm like, dude, kind get of your, get, your, get your plate out of the bin and put it in the mm. dishwasher. And he's like, oh, yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Like he's, you know, he's yeah. not actually, he just like if he's racing to do something, he misses like five of the steps. Mm. And you're like, dude, start again. <laughs> like start again. So but as far as saying it's a trigger for me, like I don't think it really is a massive trigger. But then I you're still you, using it for tit for tat, so it yeah, must yeah. Be I'm, I'm using it when when it's brought up about Easton about whatever it may be. I'm then using Carter as my defense mechanism, and then I respond with, "Well, if you're not bringing it up at the time, why are you bringing it up now?" But if I was to bring it up at the time, I'd be bringing it up every day. Well, there you go. There is see. <laughs> He not does. a trigger, guys. I'm like, see, it is a trigger. So I'd just I like for you to listen to our episode of Habits where we discuss <laughs> triggers. <laughs> we can revive triggers. Location. People. <laughs> <laughs> see, we know what we're talking about. Let's talk about building like healthy relationships with the boys. Like did mm. you have to make a considered effort, each of you, to like you to do something with Carter and Ryder to connect with them? Did you have to do particular things with Easton to try to connect with the boys individually. Still going, still trying. E and I had a better relationship in the beginning than what we do now. That the living together and being under the one roof constantly, me, them getting older and expecting more from them and like disciplining them a little bit more about not, there's no baby behaviour 
coming from me. Like Eden will do like he's so he is such an amazing father, but sometimes I'm like harden the fuck up, mate. Like they're three boys, they're not three girls. Like so he'd be like, oh no, but I was just doing this for them. I'm like they can do it. Let them do it. And so that's where, <laughs> and it's a beautiful quality, you know. That I, I mean, think child the, syndrome is probably also what it is. Yeah, and the dads of <laughs> better t- than come around the back and throw a little stiff jab in the ribs. Oh <laughs> wow! <laughs> Jesus Christ! Ash, is that what you're doing? <laughs> no, well, not to all of them. <laughs> but um, yeah, so it it's it is so the balancing act is like so hard because we can just be cruising through and things will be so good, and then one of those little fucking triggers comes up and. And you, we're just like, pew, 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 and like add oh, full moons and periods. And she's like that. I'm like, oh, fuck. Kettle's boiled again. <laughs> Do you spend one on time, one on one time with Ethan, like doing fun um, things? No. Why? Because I don't really want to, if I'm being honest. I think that our relationship um, has gotten like past that, where I'm at the moment not overly enjoying like his company. And I don't spend one on one time with Ryder Okada. So I'm not really singling him out um I just um yeah and that's probably what we've had our most recent um discussions mm. about it's always been the biggest topic of the of the conversation for sure is and it, you don't spend one-on-one time with any of them either yeah I spend time with all of them I spend one on time with Ethan not not as probably as much as we should um we have been told to to spend one-on-one time with them which it gets hard to spend one-on-one time with like what do you do with the other two if Ash is at work or if I'm at work and Ash has got them? It's, it's hard. We lock two in the cupboard. And we lose our momentum. I certainly won't be offering any of my services. Yeah, to we, lo- we lose our momentum. Sure. <laughs> we go to therapy. We get the advice. We come mm. back. We start implementing all the things that we've done and then life gets busy, work gets busy, and then before you know it, like schedule that I'd written up on the whiteboard is yeah. out the if window. I think we probably spend, we might spend time with two of them. Like one of them might go stay somewhere, and like Easter might go stay somewhere. Or and Carter, I don't, I don't have much support at the moment externally. My mum's ill again. Um, Courtney's having a baby, so I can't like dump it, yeah, <laughs> can't like take the kids over there. Yeah. And um, all of our nannies are gone. We don't have any nannies. So, so. If we're getting time. It's two with each other. Um, yeah. Well, we just don't have the like. If Easton goes and stays somewhere, my boys have nowhere to go. What does Monique, the therapist, say about learning to love a kid that isn't yours? Well, she's actually just given us some very helpful advice recently that um, it takes five years to blend Mm. a family. What point are we at? We're at two. (laughs) Okay. So as you can see. But you like (laughs) stopped halfway and like reverted back. Did we start start again? again? Yeah. I don't know. Just like how you can't no. figure out your anniversary. It's like yeah. what is the <laughs> yeah, date? What's the, the start date? So we've got to we've got to go back to in our calendars and jot down some, some dates. But we got to some time si- to successfully blend a family. Sorry, it takes like five years. That's when you know usually people had enough um, time to deal with separations or you know you know when we spoke about in the habits of the twenty one days for this and yeah. all that that it's like. It takes way longer. Yeah. (laughs) This is not a habit. Well, you said this morning it takes 21 days to form a habit and 90 Mm. days to form a lifestyle. But to blend a family, 9,000 days. (laughs) 9,000 days. Um, So, yeah. What's the plan from here? Like, what are you actively doing now to try to, like, make it better? I think most of the time, Carter started therapy. And that was based on me 
both of us. I suggested that um, he needed therapy, which in that time he did um, and he's been able to process some things um, that he hadn't yet about his mum. He really enjoyed it. And he really liked having that opportunity to discuss things that maybe he didn't feel comfortable discussing with um, either of us. Um, I had said in our therapy to sessions with Monique that um, I don't think that, and I never say never, but um, I don't think that he is looking for a, a mother. I think Jess is still very much the mother in his life, which is completely fine. I said, I'm just happy to be the friend. Like I don't have to be that for him if that's not what he wants. I'm not against it either. Um, it's just I don't think that that's he, – he doesn't see me in that light where Ryder and Carter very much so uh, attached to Eden and see him very much in there mm. like in a father. Well, it comes role. back to the time spent with the kids as well. You know, I obviously spend a lot more time than being three boys. I take them motorbike riding, all their sports, all that he sort of stuff. He listened to the podcast last night so he's thrown that in there. Oh, how I said that, like, it's easier for men to connect yeah, with boys. he's, yeah. like, trying to get brownie that's points with you. That's that was staged. That was Come staged. On guys, that's nothing new. <laughs> I didn't like saying it, you yeah. know, because it's like, you know, but it, those stereotypes do ring true. Mm. Unless, like, for me, um, you know, just my own personal story, throw it in the mix, I grew up from a young age playing golf and I would, I had a golf scholarship, la, la, la. And so I would be on the golf course for four hours straight, oh, wow. three times a week with my dad. So you know, I built a very close yeah. relationship with my dad, mm. but I had to do a bloody boys-ish thing, yeah, you know, to, to yeah, make yeah. that, you know. Yeah, I think it comes back to just that. It's just got to allocate a little bit of time. Um, so Eason doesn't want to go get his nails done and like no. get his eyelashes well, done, no? Not soon, <laughs> but. Not yet. No. So, um, yeah, I've. To be honest, I'm just kind of at a phase where we had a conversation that we're just taking a little bit of a breather from because it was hurting my feelings. It was starting to really get to me that I felt uncomfortable in my own home. I felt like I could feel him being uncomfortable, but I don't know what it's about because it hasn't been explained. It hasn't been um, dis- like the what's not discovered, but it hasn't been, you know, that hasn't been opened for him in therapy yet that like, you know, why, you know, I see him so loving and affectionate to Eden and then like I'm flat stick trying to get a hello sometimes. And then so, you see your boys connecting yeah, with Yeah, like they run that. through the door and I know Eden's going to say, yeah, but that's because I spend time with them. This is the tit for tat. We go back through this cycle and I'm like, mate, I'm also, it sounds shit, really fucking busy sometimes. I haven't had like the best kind of eight months and I'm trying to like save my life, so to speak, that like and I'm doing all this extra shit um, that time is poor and my kids shouldn't be the thing that suffer in that. But unfortunately I'm very, well, fortunately I'm actually very lucky that Eden is there and he is doing those things Um because I've been very used to having a nanny help me and it hasn't really entered my thoughts much that like I wasn't spending quality time with the boys. Eden's kind of like the holding up the ugly mirror, like showing me. Your boys were used to that. They were used to your style of mothering and Easton was used to a different style of mothering. Is the aim of the game at the end of the five years for Easton to see you not as a replacement but in a motherly role? Is that when you're perfectly blended? Like is that what, what, what does five, what happens at the end of five he's, years? What does he, it look he's like? He's never said anything about disliking or anything like that ever to me or anyone else. So there's not like a 
specific thing where we can say, well, he just doesn't like her. It's like so we're trying I to figure it out. I think that's a bigger problem if I'm being honest that yeah. like there hasn't been an incident or anything to but like he clearly. Just boiling f- under the surface. Well, it's not even boiling. I just honestly think that he feels uncomfortable around me. Okay. And I can't put my finger on why that is. I definitely don't think that he like hates me or anything like that. It's just it doesn't feel right to him and because he's so young I don't think he knows why it doesn't feel right yeah, he because he would look at see Ryder and Carter you know having great time with um Eden probably looks at me and be like I'm definitely not having a great time with her like she's screaming at us all the time so at the moment you're just taking a break from it and you'll get back to like a proactive plan to getting to that five-year yeah, goal is that what happens like just like anything, like if you're training for a marathon, you run the marathon, then you take a break, you eat the shit food, you kind of do that and then you're like, oh, planning for the next marathon. So so right now we're carb loading. And yeah, we're carb yeah. loading okay. and we're just having a little break from training um, because, yeah, sometimes it's really exhausting. Like I love that Eden is so hands-on and willing to come to therapy and do all these things that I think is really important for the development of our family or the blending of our family. Um, and, it, you know, it's such a – like people – like put like I we were talking about this last night and it was kind of like I don't know why you want to tell people this and I was like well for one my, the whole podcast is about being open and honest and it I don't want to post photos of us on Instagram smiling at Christmas and you know birthday parties and this beautiful family of five and then not touch on the fact that it's hard to get here it's work it's it's stressful. Sometimes it's nearly broken us, but we've come out the other side of it. We have had to go to therapy. We do have daily challenges, just like any other person out there that's blending a family. You might yourself have these internal thoughts where it doesn't feel right. It's not the family that I dreamt of in my, you know, deepest thoughts. And, you know, then having that reality that, well, I'm not going to have that. So, you know, I, I do love this environment. I am prepared to work at it. And, you know, having a partner that's prepared to work at it too, and knowing that what we have and what we can have as a family is worth kind of fighting for, I guess. And other than the connection part, what are the other, what are the, what have been some of the hardest things for this blending a family process? I think the amount of like emotional things that we have had to go through personally Um, and then we're also really conscious of things to come. Like when people have a a usual blended family, they're like having week on, week off with their kids. I'm like, hey, that sounds like a fucking dream. Because there's another parent to look after. There's another parent and so they're in this new relationship and they get a break. They get to just be in this relationship and we've had to explain that to our parents actually sometimes. So like you guys like you need to help out a little bit because, you know, we're still a new relationship ourselves. It's important for us to have that time together. Even if you've been together for 10, 15, 20 years, it's still important for you to have that time together to just be you, not be mum, not be dad, um, you know, not be stepdad, not be, you know, because it, 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 a family is what you make it but you also kind of have like a vision of what it was supposed to be and sometimes digesting that it's not that is a bit, bit tough. Mm. I struggle with that sometimes. Do you find it hard at all or you find it easy? I'm actually, am I over here on my own, like over analysing our life, <laughs> making it harder than well, it needs to be? Well, it's always been the case that I'm <laughs> – I'm pretty happy. Like uh, there's not a great deal within our life or relationship that really to me is not perfect. So 
to me, I think everything's pretty good. And then Ash will come to me with with an issue, and I'm like, oh well, yeah, you're right. Whereas I've just been cruising along, thinking everything's fine. Cruisy description um, word. And and it's, I suppose, it takes a lot for me to um, to not be happy. I suppose. It'd yeah, have to be something. Same with me too. I wouldn't say that I'm like an no. unhappy person. I just but you 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 are a person that if it's ninety nine percent right, it's not enough. You want to. Mm-hmm. Recovering said, perfectionist would yeah. be the, the word, <laughs> wouldn't it? Have you listen to the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> so, Good placement there. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and that's obviously my own, like, problems and um, I'm trying to fix that but I have said to into like, I'm, like, 35 years deep in this personality, like, so mm. it's a lot harder for me to, like, strip it back. I'm, like, trying to make changes, like, with Carter going to therapy now to sort out his, you know, anger ish- issues, um, that that's good for them to deal with that when they're six years old, not try and deal with it when they're 36 and they've just been a hothead their whole life yeah. or they haven't been able to express themselves correctly. So... Um, yeah. And what have been the best things about blending a family? Um, the best things about blending a family is, is um, Definitely watching like, the boys yeah, grow that bond that. between the, the three of them has been great. Um, and then watching them grow and develop and that sort of stuff as well. Is, I've really enjoyed that. And when we had had like some like tougher times and we were talking about possibly like, you know, ending our relationship, one of the, like, first things that Eden had, like, flagged was, like, what about the boys? Like, what what happens to them? Like, they've created this bond. Like, they're going to be heartbroken. And while I completely agreed with him, I also honestly believe that you also can't stay with someone for your children. I come from a divorced family. My mum stayed way too long in that relationship and hates my dad 24 years on, like, because she just fested, fested, fested. So while the kids' happiness and what's right for them is one of our main priorities, it couldn't have been a reason this early on in our relation why we stayed together. We had to stay together because of our love and what we wanted from each other and what we were giving each other and getting from each other and weighing it up. Like is it worth it to, you know, go through this and um, come out the other side? So you're in the middle of this at the moment. You're not obviously through that five-year hump no, and it's not perfect It's going to be a really right long now. podcast, guys. You check back in three years. <laughs> <laughs> but what are your top tips? Like even maybe they could be obviously you're not coming from a place that's like we're experts. Here are our top Definitely tips. It's not. more like here, learn from what mm, we're learning. It's sort of hard to give really good tips when it's not that standard blended family. Yeah. It's a different blended family because. Because if you have like a crazy ex in the picture, like yeah, I can't even, even imagine dealing with that or like, you know, someone that's really resentful and that that adds a whole nother because I guess they go spend time with their other parent and they can either be influenced um, by, you know, them, um, which we don't have. It's kind and of And you're like, lucky the boys got on as well. They could yeah, hate like, each other. And their ages are really close. Like you could, you know, imagine dealing with a teenager, like just telling you to fuck <gasps> off all the time and stuff. Yeah. I'd be like, and they'd That'd bigger than me I wouldn't be able to get them but like that'd be the stiff job yeah so we've kind of but you know the way that the boys are going where the cut is going and that might happen when he's 14 Mm. it might not wear off we don't know so we've still got a lot of you know hormones to come into our life later on and that's just like any family um so we don't know if we are going to get the you're not my mum, you're not my dad type of things thrown at us um got to be understanding of the relationship that the child has with their parent 
Mm. Like it maybe because be like having that fa- favorite parent, yeah. like while people usually do, but it's not usually as, that obvious. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, as simple as walking in and going, not hi, how or hi, it's nice to see you, sort of thing. But where's mom or where's dad? And you're like, oh, well, I'm here. Yeah. So you got to go look. Mum's not here. She's at work, or mum's out taking photos of the sunrise, or whatever she's up to. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but yeah. little things like that. So you got to adapt. You got to let go some of the things. Yeah. You got to realize that we're all sensitive beings at some point, and we are going to have little triggers and things that set us off. And for me, it's like clarity about the situation. Like I'm such an open, honest communicator. In case anyone hasn't realized, so I will have the difficult conversation with Eden. Um, I will be like freaking out inside and I'll be like, okay, tonight I'm going to like be like, yep, I'm not drinking. So it's like a sober conversation. It doesn't spiral. And I'm like, I need to address this, this and that to make sure that I'm not festering on a problem that could be really, if, I don't, if I'm not telling him that he's annoying me or that the, he's doing something with the kids that's annoying me, how do I expect him to not do it? So communication and we laugh. We laugh mm. about things that we probably shouldn't sometimes. So didn't. when Ash is like, I'm not drinking tonight, is that like, oh, shit, <laughs> something's coming? <laughs> oh, maybe if she's drinking very quick, something's coming. <laughs> the oh, volcano is coming. No, she's got a lot better than the volcano that used to be full on. Um, but now she's a lot better with communicating as it's happening. And probably um, being equals. Um, I think in a blended family, it um, if you both work um, or you've discussed the roles in the household and everyone's like clear on what's expected of them um, and it's fair, I think having um, when you're in that, that second relationship um, and it's extremely different from your first one, um, you know, I, I work, I say to Eden who does definitely do house chores, I'm like I'm not doing full-time work. And coming home and doing the fucking washing. Like mm. your clothes are in there too. So let's share. Or we say I gave him ultimatums. I'm like, kids can go to the skate park, you're taking them, and I'll take care of all this. Mm. We're not gonna be like, we're both going to the skate park. Oh well, now we're both doing the washing. Mm. Like we'll be going to bed at midnight. So we have to, you know, create, you know, I what did the mum job yesterday. I much prefer the skate park. Yeah, and I prefer the mum job. And then he's like, but you have to do this. And I'm like, okay, I've played the basketball. I coached them. I'll see them in a month. <laughs> wow. And they'll be throwing underarm again. Yeah. <laughs> and also probably to acknowledge each other's feelings and thoughts and hear it out even when you don't want to because it's so easy to be like, oh, uh, uh, I want to butt in, but what you're saying is wrong and I'm I'm getting way better at it, so are you. Um, but, yeah, not talking over each other, just – be a good listener, sit there, let them say it. You'd be surprised how many less arguments you actually have if you don't interrupt because I think that's what actually causes the fight is that people just be like, you're not hearing me. Like, so if you sit there and then Eden probably loves that because I'm so good at it now and I'm like, have you finished? <laughs> and then I'm in. <laughs> and then he's like, and he's like, I don't know if I'm finished. I feel like, fuck, I didn't get enough <laughs> in and now you're coming at me. So, but yeah, we're pretty good with like the communication and letting each other speak, I think that because, yeah, shouldn't go to bed angry, guys. Mm. Don't do the tip for tat. There's another yeah, tip no as well. Tip. <laughs> I call it table tennis. It's like pull, pull, pull. We're mm. just hitting it back to each other. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've covered it all. Did you have anything else you wanted to no. add? How did your How did you feel about your three part <laughs> three parter, Eden? I'm very hungry. <laughs> I'm We're all hungry, hungry, right? I'm pretty, <laughs> okay. I'm pretty hungry too. 
And just like every episode, we always have our With Love Ash gift. And given the topics we have discussed today, Monique from Ritual Counselling has donated another one-hour session, uh, complimentary, to be had in her clinic in Burley or via telehealth. So if that is of interest of you for personal use or for a family, you need to subscribe, rate and review and follow me at with Love Ash on Instagram and share on your Instagram stories. Thanks for tuning in and just remember, we're all flawed, but we're also fucking fabulous. This podcast is a part of the Spin Studio Network. To stay up to date with me, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. Leave me a review and follow me on Instagram at With Love Ash.